From Hollywood, the Screen Guild players transcribe Red Book Magazine's 10th anniversary award picture with the greatest cast in radio history. Brought to you by the makers of Camel Cigarettes. How mild can a cigarette be? Smoke camels and see. Yes, prove for yourself how mild camels are. In a recent coast-to-coast test of hundreds of men and women who smoked camels and only camels for 30 days, noted throat specialists reported not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a truly great story and a cast that will make radio history. The players... Clark Gable, Walter Pigeon, Van Johnson, Brian Donlevy, John Hodiak, and Edward Arnold. The story, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Command Decision. I flew 28 of those clam bakes, and then I got some sense. I settled down for a worm's eye view of things. Pretty important worm, too. Emmanuel T. Evans, Sergeant First Class, aide to Brigadier General K.C. Dennis. Sounds easy, huh? Both feet on the ground? Yeah, both feet on the ground. And both eyes in the sky waiting for the others to come back. And brother, we were waiting that afternoon. With General Kane away, my boss was in command. And two days in a row, he'd mounted what they called a maximum effort. Every ship we could put in the air was somewhere over Germany that very minute. And believe me, we were sweating them out. Afternoon, Evans. Afternoon, General Dennis. Got the final figures on yesterday's losses? Yes, sir. We lost 48 ships. I guess that's the biggest one day's loss we've had. Sergeant, I only asked for the figures. Yes, sir. What else? Message from General Kane. It just came in, sir. Read it. Military Affairs Committee arrived England this morning. Will visit your command. Imperative, their impressions favorable. Request special effort to maintain low loss average during critical three days next. Signed, Malloway for Kane. Okay. What else? Oh, Captain Jenks is waiting outside. You ordered him here at 1600, sir. Strike signal, sir. Relay message from Colonel Martin. What is it, George? Target plastered. Warm up here. Signed, Ted. Sir, I'll bet it is warm up there. I bet it's pretty warm in Schweinhofen, too. Okay, Sergeant. I'll see Captain Jenks now. Captain Jenks reporting to General Dennis. Jenks, I've got a pretty nasty report on you here. I understand that when the target was announced this morning, you slammed out of the briefing and said you wouldn't fly the mission. What's your version of it? I suppose it's true as far as it goes. Jenks, do you realize this is serious? I'm not going to get killed to make you a record. Your uncle is Congressman Malcolm, isn't he? On the Military Affairs Committee. Could that have something to do with your behavior? Sure it has. It's a break to have somebody looking out for me. 
Suppose the boys in your squadron heard you say that. They feel the same way. They went this morning. Sure. And Johnson and Robinson both went yesterday. They both went and they didn't come back. Then, sir. General Kane and party, sir. Hello, Casey. We just landed at Prestwick and... Why, Captain Jenks, delighted to see you, my boy. Thank you, sir. I was uh, talking to your uncle in Washington on, on Monday. The congressman is looking forward to seeing you when he gets here with the committee. I'll be glad to see him, sir. All right, Jenks. Yes, sir. Casey, what have you been doing? You gave me the shock of my life last night. They told me you'd lost 48 ships in one day. That's right, sir. 48. Casey, I just finished selling the combined chiefs in Washington on the low cost of daylight bombardment, and you spring these appalling losses on me. Surely you must know that... Mind if I barge in? Cliff! Cliff Garnett! Casey, I, I forgot to tell you, Cliff flew over with the personal reconnaissance for the chief. How are you, Casey? How's Ted? Keeping busy. Sis gave me a lot of messages for him. How is Helen? Getting impatient. <laughs> I ought to know any minute now whether I'm going to be an aunt or an uncle. Colonel Dennis speaking. Yes, George. I see. Yes, another maximum effort tomorrow. Right. What was that, Casey? Another maximum? Where'd they go today? Schweinhofen, sir. Schweinhofen? And yesterday? Yesterday's target was Posenleben, sir. Casey, you haven't started Operation Stitch. The second phase is on today, sir. Casey, this is awful. Homer! Yes, sir? Homer, I don't want that congressional committee here today. Call London and have their itinerary changed and keep them away from here till day after tomorrow. Yes, sir. Casey, this may pull down the work of 20 years. All right, let's have it. The weather conferences gave us a clear break for four days running. Possibly our last chance to do the job. So I laid on Stitch. You took advantage of my absence. You knew I never intended to implement Stitch at this time. It was my decision to make, sir. And I made it. At the risk of upsetting the larger picture? Larger than what, sir? The outcome of the war? Gentlemen, may an ignorant visitor ask what this Operation Stitch is all about? You tell him, Casey. Cliff, you heard about that new German fighter, the Lance Wolf One? That miracle jet job they're supposed to have? They've got them. We captured one six weeks ago. Have you tested it? Thoroughly. Speed, altitude, it's almost double anything we've got. If Gehring can get enough of them, he'll knock us out of the sky in 60 days. And then a ground invasion would be just a pipe dream. We thought those jet jobs were still on the drawing board. Where are they making them, Casey? They've got three factories. Uh, at least they had three until yesterday. Posenleben, Schweinhofen, and Fendelhorst. There it is, Cliff. Operation Stitch for Stitch in Time. But, Casey, if you just waited till that Washington meeting had given us our allocations... We'd have lost our weather, sir. And that's everything. Unless we finish the job now, the men and planes we've lost so far will have been lost for nothing. Listen. They're back. Come on, let's get out there and look for Ted. Ted! Ted Martin! Hi, Casey. What's been keeping you? Should have stayed out there. I hear my brother-in-law's at the base. Did he uh, bring any news of Helen? Well, you're not a father yet, but Cliff says she's fine. And you're invited to dinner tonight. My quarters. Swell. Say, uh, Goldberg. Yes, sir. As soon as you find that, bring it right over. I'll be with General Dennis. Yes, sir. Hello, Goldberg. When are you going to retire? 
Guess I should have retired yesterday. Excuse me, sir. What's the matter with Goldberg? Think he's had too much? Maybe. And I guess you all have. It's no fun, Ted, sweating you out two days in a row. Our uh, loss is pretty high again today. 48 ships yesterday and 52 today. The only good part about it is we're two-thirds done. That's the joker, Casey. We're not two-thirds done. What do you mean? You did Posenleben yesterday and Schweinhofen today. Casey, we didn't touch Schweinhofen today. But you signaled me. How did it happen? Sighting mistake. My fault, I guess. How do you know it wasn't Schweinhofen? We saw it on our way back, sitting there without a scratch. We'll take care of that tomorrow. If they let us. Who? General Kane and Cliff. Well, don't tell them, Casey. Don't let them know we muffed. If we polish Schweinhofen off tomorrow, they'll have to let us finish the job. Ted, we're not stunt flyers at a state fair. Kane is our chief. We have to tell him. You get along to interrogation. I'll see you at dinner. Well, Cliff, go ahead and give Casey an appetite for dinner. Tell him what you've got for him. Good news, Casey. While we were on the phone with Washington, I had a very constructive talk with Lester Blender. I think I sold him on letting you finish Operation Stitch as soon as the Washington meetings are over. Now, if you'll just hold it until Tuesday... Who'll hold the weather? Now, Casey, you've got to be reasonable. I'm surprised that Cliff got as much as he did. Lester was simply shocked by your losses, but when Cliff explained that you were two-thirds done... Colonel Martin, I got the... Oh, excuse me, sir. I... That's all right, Goldberg. Are those uh, today's strike photos? Yes, sir. I'll take those, please. Cliff, look at these, will you? Look at what we've done to Schweinhofen, right? It isn't Schweinhofen, sir. How's that? It isn't Schweinhofen. But, Casey, you told me. You let me tell Washington you destroyed Schweinhofen. It was a mistake. Whose mistake? Mine, sir. The briefing. The briefing was perfect. I led the division and I lost it up. Sir, these gentlemen are covering for me. I was well briefed and I was on the bomb site. I just... I just got mixed up. Well, why did you get mixed up? Were you scared? Yes, sir. I'm always scared. General Kane, Lieutenant Goldberg is on the fourth mission of a voluntary second tour of duty over German targets only. That boy's not my group, Marbardier, by accident. He hit what we both thought was the target today, and we'll both hit the right one tomorrow, sir. Tomorrow? Back to Schweinhofen tomorrow, and Fendelhorst the next day. Sir, if we don't finish Operation Stitch now... General Kane, has been a slip-up. That congressional committee... Homer, don't tell me that they're coming here. They are here, sir. They just came through the gate. Find out who disobeyed my orders. This is one slip-up that won't get by. Casey, you heard me say explicitly. General Dennis. George? Yes, I think it's going to be Schweinhofen. I'll... Casey! I'll call you back, George. Casey, are you out of your mind? With that committee here, I can't let them stand out there tomorrow watching the sort of thing we saw today. General Kane. I'm sorry, we'll have to make it a milk run. Pick the safest target we can find. But, sir... And no arguments, Casey, that's an order. Brief intermission and time for a few thoughts on smoking. How mild can a cigarette be? Smoke camels and see. In a recent coast-to-coast -coast smoking test, hundreds of men and women smoked camels and only camels for 30 days, an average of one to two packs a day. Noted throat specialists examined the throats of these smokers every week, made a total of 2,470 examinations, and they reported not one single case 
of throat irritation due to smoking camels. Make the camel mildness test yourself. If at any time you're not convinced that camels are the mildest cigarette you've ever smoked, return the package with the unused cigarettes to the makers of camels and you'll receive its full purchase price plus postage. When you buy camels, remember, camels by the carton are the best buy. The Screen Guild players now present Act Two of Command Decision. Clark Gable, Walter Pigeon, Van Johnson, Brian Donlevy, John Hodiak, and Edward Arnold. What a dinner we had that night. Or I should say, what a dinner we didn't have. Anytime a congressman sits down to eat, an army man hasn't got a chance. But the only one I really minded was Malcolm. He was the loudest one of the lot. The trouble was, I had to stay and listen. But General Dennis didn't. He got up and walked out. And General Kane went right out after him like a bird dog. Now, look here, Casey. We've got to be careful. Malcolm is a troublemaker. He could... Yes, Homer? Congressman Malcolm is anxious to see his nephew, sir. Could we ask Captain Jenks over here now? Of course. Get him over here as fast as you can. Yes, sir. Casey, I, I must be losing my grip. I forgot all about that famous nephew. I didn't, sir. Uh, hasn't Jenks got another decoration coming up? Maybe I should present it personally sometime tomorrow in Malcolm's presence. I'm afraid that may be difficult, sir. Captain Jenks is in rather serious trouble. Trouble? Young Jenks? He flatly refused to fly this morning's mission. I've confined him to quarters pending further action. Casey, are you... Why, Malcolm would never forgive the Air Force. Casey, we've got to think of something. I know one way, sir. What? If Jenks had been acting under special orders from me, he'd have been justified in refusing to fly the mission. Exactly. Exactly, my boy. But, Casey, why must you do everything the hard way? Now, come on, get him over here. Yes, sir. As soon as I've ordered Schweinhofen for tomorrow. This is blackmail. For the good of the service, sir. Ingenious, Casey. But you've got your orders. Then at midnight tonight, I charge Captain Jenks with desertion in the face of the enemy. How many years have you known me? Have you ever seen anyone get away with blackmailing me? No, sir. Oh, just so you don't get the wrong idea. Does that mean you're releasing the division to me, sir? You're a scoundrel, Casey. You'll probably get us all hanged in the end, but go ahead and name your own target for tomorrow. I'll inform my headquarters. That was another one of those nights, the kind you don't forget. The crews routed out at 3 o'clock, sleepy, tired, <laughs> trying to joke. Then a shot of hot coffee and then in for briefing. And after that, nobody laughs. The gas tanks filled, the bomb bays loaded, and then the rocket gun for the start. One by one, the big ship sliding into the air, making formation over the field, and then turning east, heading into the sun that's just coming up, getting smaller and smaller till they disappeared, till they're gone and there's nothing left to do but wait. Yeah, we waited all right. We sweated it out until... General Dennis. What is it, George? Got word from Ted? No, sir. From the other direction. Cable from the States. Mrs. Martin's had a boy. A boy? Ted's got a son. George, be sure and relay that message to him. Yes, sir. When we hear from him. If anything comes through, I'll be in the war room. We're having a meeting. A meeting? 
Malcolm's been huddling with his nephew all morning. Looks like dirty weather ahead. Gentlemen, it's a truly inspiring thing for our committee to come over here and see the American flag waving and to be privileged to see our gallant boys flying into the battle. And we appreciate the fact that you have your problems. Alcimaba, I'd like to ask General Dennis a few questions, if I may. I'll answer anything I can, Mr. Malcolm. Now, you explained a while ago that our bombers could only go just so far and still depend on the protection of our fighter planes. But I think you also said that for the third day in succession, your bombers have deliberately been sent far beyond that limit. That's correct. In other words, about half your strength and the lives of a thousand boys have been lost in two days. We still don't know about today. And this has been entirely your decision? It has. And nothing but your own authority? Yes. Well, General Dennis, doesn't it seem to you that uh, our boys are paying a pretty bloody price for your record? Yes, uh, uh, Mr. Malcolm, they're paying a bloody price for the country's record. Or more precisely, some of the country's elected representatives. May I ask how? Congressman? How did you vote on appropriations for the Air Force in 1938? <laughs> By golly, he's got you, Arthur. Well, we'll see who's got who. General Kane, I'm warning you right here and now. One more murderous attack like this... Excuse me, uh, Mr. Malcolm. I don't like to interrupt this discussion, but if we're going to have that ceremony... Ceremony? The citation for Captain Lucius Jenks. It's scheduled for 1,200. Oh, 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 that. Well, <laughs> I guess we all have to stick to the timetable, don't we? Well, whenever you're ready, General Kane. Five minutes, sir, in General Dennis' quarters. Come along, Casey. Now listen, Casey. This is bigger than friendship. You heard him warn me. Well, I'm warning you. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Very well, then. Now get Captain Jenks over here at once. Sir? Yes, Evans. Excuse me, sir, but Captain Jenks is here already. He's waiting outside. He is? Who sent for him? I did, sir. When you started telling that servant of the people where to get off. You're very efficient, Evans. I appreciate it. Well, sir, I'd hate breaking in a new general. American drinking whiskey. <laughs> General Kane, I want to say that... Uh... Oh, oh, you're going to take pictures, eh? Uh, for the record, Mr. Malcolm. Uh, Lucius, my boy, this is the proudest moment of my life. I want to say to you... Excuse General... me, would the gentleman from Congress like to put down his glass before they take the pictures? Hmm? What? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Sergeant, you're going a long way in life. You uh, ready, General Kane? Yes, uh, Casey, I think so. Let... General Dennis, sir. Come in, George. Got anything? Relay message from Colonel Martin, sir. Let's have it. No mistake this time. Scratch Schweinhofen for me. Oh, well, uh, Casey! No. He got it. He got it. Gentlemen, a drink to Ted Martin, the greatest combat leader in the Army Air Forces. And a drink to Ted Martin's new son. Homer, I want a feature story on this. Casey, what's the matter? What is it, Casey? There... There was more to the message. 
What? What does it say? Cliff, you read it. Good luck, Casey. We're on fire and going. Going, going? Well, finish the message, can't you? That's all there is. What's it mean? It's from my ship, Uncle Arthur. You mean that Colonel Martin? That same fine young officer I had dinner with last night? Shut up. You mean to tell me that he... Shut up! You're telling me to shut up when you're the one who's responsible... Uncle Arthur, shut up! I'm going to my quarters. But Lucius, your medal... They can keep their medal! Gentlemen, I... I'm afraid I must ask you to excuse me. It's time to start planning tomorrow's mission. Excuse me, gentlemen. Casey? Yes, sir. I know you've had a lot to unstring you. I'm sorry. What uh, target were you thinking of for tomorrow? Fennelhorst. We've got one more day to finish Operation Stitch. No matter what it costs? You know the answer to that, sir. Casey, you leave me no alternative. I'm relieving you of your command with immediate effect. Evening, Sergeant. Good evening, General Garnett. Anything from General Kane? Not yet, sir. What's all that racket out there? Oh, they're from the 32nd, sir. I'll get rid of them. Good evening, sir. Hello, Evans. Oh, Rockton, come in. Seems we're having a little serenade. Well, it's a very special night, sir. They're all veterans. They know they can fly a milk run tomorrow sound asleep. Does the division just assume it'll be a milk run? Oh, I'm not assuming, sir. I came in to ask. How long does General Kane usually wait to give us the target? Oh, well, it depends on the target, sir. But if we've had no word from General Kane by 1900, the choice of the target will be up to you. Thank you, Major. Yes, sir. Here's your coffee, sir. I didn't order any coffee. You will, sir. <laughs> You're very thoughtful, Evans. What else will I need? A new sergeant, sir. I've decided to go back to Nevada. You've decided? What do you think this army is? I'd rather not answer that, sir. Hmm. Tell me something, Evans. Would it be too much to ask these boys for a tough one tomorrow? I don't know, sir. You must know from your own experience. I never had this experience, sir. Nobody in the Army ever asked me anything. They just told me. Cliff. Oh, Casey, come in. Oh, glad you're here, Evans. I want to say goodbye. I'm going to miss you. Thank you, sir. Excuse me. You're leaving now, Casey? What's all the rush? The order said with immediate effect. I'm taking Ted's personal things to Helen. Any idea what they'll do with you? Oh, I guess I still rate a training command. I wouldn't mind that. Message from General Kane, sir. Read it. General Kane compelled to attend dinner for Congressman London. Choice of tomorrow's target will be responsibility of senior division commander. General Kane desires express confidence in General Garnett's discretion based on weather. Signed, Malloway for Kane. Thank you, Rockton. Yes, sir. I see the old man's getting you off on the right foot, Cliff. Discretion. Casey, is that his private word for passing the buck? What am I going to do? The weather's still good. You got a lot of places to pick from, Cliff. Yeah. You know, most of the 32nd got drunk tonight. 
figuring on a soft touch for tomorrow. I could see them from the window here. A bunch of nice, attractive kids. They're all nice, attractive kids. You can only hope that you won't have to kill them. Casey, what's happened to you? The same thing that's going to happen to you. And I better go so you can get to work. Casey, w wait a minute. If you'll help me just this once... It isn't just this once. It's from now on. Look, when you first came over, you had someone to talk to. Well, at least you had Ted. Yeah. Yeah, I had Ted. That's one thing I've done for you, Cliff. I've... I've killed Ted. You won't have to do that. Casey, if you were still sitting behind this desk, what would you do? There's only one thing you can do, Cliff. Make every one of those attractive kids count. See that they're not used up for nothing. Maybe you can keep their kid brothers from coming over here. Operation standing by for orders, sir. Have you selected the target? I think so, Rockton. Notify all groups that tomorrow's target will be... Fendelhorst. Yes, sir. Cliff. You're going to finish Operation Stitch. No. Those attractive young kids are going to finish it, Casey. They're going to finish it for you. General, good luck. Thank you, Clark Gable, Walter Pigeon, Van Johnson, Brian Donlevy, John Hodiak, Edward Arnold, and Richard Quine for a magnificent story, magnificently told. We're going to hear more about this fine picture in just a moment. But first, how mild can a cigarette be? Smoke camels and see. Make the camel 30-day mildness test as so many people are doing. For example, Gene Bearden, the World Series pitching hero, made his own camel 30-day test. He smoked only camels for 30 days and then said, Camels are the mildest cigarette I ever smoked. Try camels. See how camels' choice tobaccos, properly aged and expertly blended, give you rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness. See how camels suit your T-zone to a T. In a recent coast-to-coast -coast smoking test, hundreds of men and women smoked only camels for 30 days. Noted throat specialists examined these smokers' throats every week and reported not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels. Try camels. If at any time you're not convinced that camels are the mildest cigarette you've ever smoked, return the package with the unused cigarettes to the makers of camels, and you'll receive its full purchase price plus postage. <laughs> And now, the Red Book Magazine Award for 1948. Each year at this time, Red Book Magazine, through its editor, Mr. Edwin Balmer, and its motion picture editor, Mr. Thornton Delahanty, presents a beautiful silver cup for the finest screen achievement of the previous year. Last year's winner was The Fugitive, and here is Mr. John Ford, the director of that picture, to make this year's award. Ladies and gentlemen, for the third time in ten years, the Red Book Award goes to my good friend, Sidney Franklin, 
for his superb picture, Command Decision. I'm sure that the portion which you have heard tonight has given you some idea of its scope and panoramic sweep. Metro-Golden-Mayer has made one of the truly great pictures of our time, and for that achievement, I feel privileged now in passing on to producer Sidney Franklin this beautiful red book magazine cut. Thank you, John. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very proud and happy to accept this beautiful cup for all those who had such a vital part in bringing command decision to the screen. For Gottfried Reinhardt, my co-producer, Sam Wood, the director, William Laidlaw and George Frischel, the authors of the screenplay, and William Wister Haynes, on whose play the picture is based. And of course, our great cast whom you heard tonight. And one other, Mr. Louis B. Mayer, who is celebrating his 25th anniversary as head of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. For all of us, thanks to Camel Cigarettes and Red Book Magazine for this wonderful evening. Good night. The Screen Guild players were transcribed and directed by Bill Lawrence. The adaptation was by Harry Cronman. Next week, another great Screen Guild show, the tragic and strangely beautiful story of a love that has a poignant and dramatic climax. Letter from an Unknown Woman, starring Joan Fontaine and Louis Jordan. Be sure to listen. Vern Smith speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.